to the 6 a.m. Run podcast. I am your host, Mark Paisan. Always great to have you being a part of this show. As always, the show is brought to you by 6 a.m. Run and 6amrun.com. Head over there and get some of the best running apparel and supplements that you can get. And if you sign up, you can get up to 20% off of your order even have the ability to customize your own apparel. So this week we have a really great guest. I'm really excited about this conversation. Do not get confused. His name is also Mark. I won't be upset that he spells his with a K and I am with a C, but that is okay. So this week we have author Mark Ryle. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you don't mind, kind of just introduce yourself to everybody. Sure. Well, thanks, Mark, for having on me on the show at 6 a.m. run. I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, a little background about myself. I obviously, I love uh, running. That's, and you know, all your listeners probably do too. So that's our common theme. And uh, yeah, you mentioned a book. I just did publish a book, came out a couple of days ago, and it's called Run Daughter, Run Father. And the actual order there is important, but daughter before father, because my daughter, when she was eight years old, just decided she wanted to start running. So she'd run around the block. Can you time me? Can you, I want to see how fast I can go, that sort of thing. She had it inside of her. And I was sedentary at the time. I was a lazy adult and in my, in my 40s. But I had to sort of join her because you can't send a, an eight-year-old off on their own. So I went, went for the early jobs with her and that sort of got me into it. So that's why it's run daughter, run father. That started 17 years ago, so I'm now in my early 60s, and my daughter is just turned 25, actually, yesterday, and it was her birthday. That's Stephanie. So my book and hopefully our discussion will be about what's happened in that 17 years, and the father-daughter bond, and the writing of the book itself, which I started drafting many years ago, but I finally published it two days ago. So first of all, congratulations. So when you're listening to the show, this book came out in September of 2022, so uh, not that long ago. And what made you write this book? Of course, there are some, you know, some great memories you probably have with your daughter. But what made you say, I want to put this in a book form and show it to the world? Yeah, well, I had some time on my hands. I just retired from teaching just before COVID hit. So I had time and I had been drafting some ideas about running and I'm a natural teacher. That's my background. So, and I did a lot of coaching, uh, coaching cross country running and track and field. So I have a lot of stories and anecdotes and things I'd like to share. And then this whole thing with my daughter was very, I'd say intense and very gratifying. We had her ups and downs, but the whole thing, the bonding, the shared connection with running was fantastic. And I just felt like I wanted to, um, I mean, I felt a, li- a little uneasy about it because it's an autobiography. I, th- I did another book, which was science fiction novel two years ago. So that's a completely different thing was this thing was, this is autobiographical. And I even remember having some discussions with Stephanie about, you know, do you really want to have uh, a book about you out there and you know there's gonna be some pictures of you running and stuff like that Are you okay with that and you know, we discussed it a few times but we never we never thought it was a bad idea because we have lots of positive stories and there's a bit of wisdom too that we'd like to share especially about the idea of youth a youth runner growing up and trying to be competitive but trying not to overdo it you know that sort of idea so so what you're telling me is that you have you have taught economics 
you have written a science fiction book, and you've also written a book on running. So you're you're a very talented person, is what I'm what I'm hearing here. So that's great. So getting into the book, kind of getting into the biggest part of it. So you're coaching or being a part of coaching your daughter, who's a runner, at least helping her in, you know, start her running. And what was that like? I understand you said she came to you and wanted to begin this journey. But as a father of a young girl, what are some lessons you kind of learned from coaching your daughter? Yeah, well, the main thing is it's, you're very proud of them and you get very excited when they do well. Like Stephanie's very talented. She would win a lot of races in cross countries. But because of all that excitement, it's it's tempting to, if she says, I want to do another race, or I want to try a 5K race when I'm only 10 years old, or when can I try a 10K race, or why can't I run more than three times this week? Or, you know, it's very tempting to say, yeah, keep let her push herself and push her yourself, right? And see if she can get even faster. And so I think the main thing I learned in all of this was, and I sort of, we sort of had a sense it was happening at the time is it's like filling up a glass, which is good, but doing it slowly, especially with something like running where you do, there's no rush. It's not an early specialization sport like gymnastics or something like that, where you got to go crazy when you're 12 years old. There's no rush. You don't even have to start running when you're 12 to become a great runner. You can wait or you can go get into it slowly and it's just safer that way. And but it's, it was frustrating. We butted heads over this because Stephanie was very, uh, <laughs> very energetic and uh, very eager always to do another interval, another kilometer, another race. And so the main point of tension we had as father and daughter was me trying to reel her in a bit and uh, just almost protect her long term development. And I can definitely understand as a coach and a father, you have that added responsibility of I'm responsible for this human even after practice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm responsible for actually raising this young girl. And uh, that's always an added burden for the coach who's also a father or a mother. And uh, did you have any other children that were into running or into sports? No. So Stephanie is our only daughter, my wife and Lynn's only daughter. Yeah. Okay. And so it begins... You're coaching your daughter. You're seeing her get better and better. You kind of talked about the tension with her wanting to do more and you kind of wanting to protect and make sure she's you know, training the right way, not overdoing it, not getting injured. Were there any times where you kind of had to step back and say, maybe I'm being too strict or I'm being too rigid and kind of let her go? Was there a time you remember doing that and kind of being surprised or time you did that and you were kind of like, See, I should have listened to my inner voice more uh, when you were coaching her. I think I was always right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I'll have her on next week to to answer that question. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we should get her on. (laughs) So that's a tough one. I always sensed that I was being conservative about it. But um, it's funny in the forward to the book, she writes the forward to my book. And she says something like she appreciates that I was hard on her that way and restricted her uh, somewhat because she has never had any serious injuries and she still loves running. And is she still running to this day? Does she do it competitively or or for recreation? Yeah, she's still, uh, in fact, she's set her PBs in the 
1500 and 5000 meters this summer i think she ran a 432 1500 oh my goodness pretty, pretty good oh for, my uh, goodness and she ran a uh, 17 flat 5k so that's pretty good and she's going to do a trail run a 50k trail run um next month she did that two years ago and she won that the women's division for a 50k i wouldn't even try that i, I couldn't go that i don't know but, if your uh, purpose for coming on the show is to make me feel bad about my prs <laughs> but you've done that great job no I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that, that that's amazing that's great and we cannot you know skip the fact that you are an athlete also and i believe you've done triathlons in the past is that correct Yes. Well, I started running with Stephanie and I did uh, competitive running first. So I, I did manage to work my way up to winning the Canadian Masters 5000 meter championship. Then I got injured and one of my buddies at school who does triathletes suggested I join him on some bikes and some swims. And then that became a transition for me. So that cross training actually turned a table for me and I then became not just a runner but a swimmer and a bike and a cyclist as well so yeah so now I'm doing triathlons but I still love the running part of it the most and I want you to talk about that a little bit because I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my personal experience and kind of let you respond to it is that I used to be an athlete just, you know years ago but I got into running and I really loved it and I, I stayed consistent with it ended up you know running through injuries and had surgery and kind of had to come back and learn it again but Lately, this past year, I've gotten more into overall fitness and gotten more into the gym and started swimming. And I really want to have expectations. I really want to do, if not a triathlon, it's a sprint triathlon, something that can test me. And since I've really focused on core, lower body, overall fitness, my runs have gotten easier. And I feel like I'm lighter when I run and I feel like it doesn't take as much energy. So I kind of want you to talk about when you started doing the cross training, how it affected your run for someone listening who thinks that they need to do something else. Maybe their runs are getting redundant. Maybe they want to just branch out a little bit. How did your runs change when you started that cross training? Yeah. Well, for one thing, I ran a little bit less, so it made me much fresher. Now, remember, I'm older than probably a lot of your listeners. I'm now 63. Uh, so for me, and I run by that point for almost 20 years. So it freshened me up. It gave me a sort of a more rest on the straight running part of the pounding the legs, which I don't mind. But as you get older, it can take its toll. So uh, you mentioned swimming. I, I remember the first time I went swimming with my buddy. I put on a wetsuit. It's, I felt like I was well, I was floating and same with biking. I was floating. There was no, none of that normal, you know, eccentric muscle contraction going on, right? It was, no, it's a floating, it's a fluid motion. You're not going to get, even cycling, you don't get stiff afterwards, even after two or three hours. So that's what it did for me. It, it enhanced my running because I had a little more, more rest between runs and that it exposed me to some other excellent aerobic sports. Uh, so it kept my heart pounding and so you get that you still get a great aerobic workout which can then can feed back into your running yeah i feel the exact same way i felt so i like i went running yesterday for, i think for the first time in two weeks because i had really been trying to focus on swimming and i've been doing that as much as possible just for anybody listening if you haven't done swimming for fitness if you've just done it for recreation and you start doing it for fitness it's a full body workout and yeah, like 20, you think you say 25 meters out loud. Like I, I got that. I can do that. And 
the first 25 meters you do freestyle or whatever, like it takes it out of you and you have to build up it's cardio, it's full body, it's using muscles you haven't used before. And it's, it's really a great workout. So if anybody's looking to cross train over to that. Yeah. And a lot of core too, a lot of core, right? A lot of there. core. Yeah. A lot of core. So you've talked about kind of what Stephanie's doing, the book, what you've been doing. I did want to ask you really quickly about the differences between elite athletes and age group competitors. Like, so, and personally, I'm going to go ahead and say this, that plenty of age group competitors are elite in my eyes. And I'm sure you, you feel the same way, but what in your mind is, is the, in your opinion, is the key differences between those two sets of competitors? Yeah. So the elite athletes are the, well, I mean, yeah, almost like the, they're in the prime of their age and they're, they could be professionals. They could have sponsors and they, when they write a book, people will recognize their name and whatnot. I'm thinking that, yes, some of the age group competitors, so young people like my daughter when she was only 13 or 14, or myself right now in the 60 to 65-year-old age group, we can be pretty darn good athletes too. And it's all relative, right? Anybody can push themselves and find their potential, whatever it is, and get to their, you know, you could call it their own elite level. And that's the best they can do. And that's fantastic. It's, it's good for their health and good for their positive mindset. And the other thing is, if you are age group like me, anybody who's a little older, say in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s, it's a great way of providing fairness and competition. You don't have to worry about those young bucks, you know, who are in their 20s and 30s. It's just let them go ahead. But it's very competitive in your group. So you are elite. In, you can be elite in that group even though you would be nowhere near winning the race overall, right? Against the younger people. I definitely understand that. I, I wanted to make sure people understood that. And again, we are talking to Mark Ryle. He is the author of Run Daughter, Run Father, Inside the World of Younger and Older Runners, available at Amazon or other places that you purchase book with a great picture I'm assuming an older picture of you and your daughter, Stephanie, on the cover. That's right. That's right. Very cute. And talk to me a little bit about, and I'm kind of learning this, and we talked a little beforehand about I'm, I'm coaching my young daughter right now in, in soccer and basketball, and kind of talk about the feeling that you have seeing her succeed. Like as a father, Parents, we're better at kind of seeing the process, seeing, you know, what's going on. And a lot of times younger kids, they just want to see the outcome. They just want to see the success. They want to see. But looking back at your relationship with your daughter and coaching her, like what memories, what feelings do you have that come to mind knowing that you can watch her succeed now? Yeah. And it's the ups and downs too. So maybe I can answer that through a down. Um, okay. You know, Stephanie has obviously had a lot of success. Uh, when she was 15, she got invited to some of the big races in the United States. So, for example, at the Armory in, in New York, the New Balance Indoor Race. But the biggest race she got invited to was the Penn Relays in um, Philadelphia. So she was invited to the 3,000-meter race. And Hannah DeBalzi was the top runner in the States at the time. And a lot of very good players were there. Steph went in the race. And I'm sitting in the stands, and I've got really two hats on. I'm her coach, and I'm her father. So, you know, and for both those roles, I can cheer for her. But 
sometimes one hack becomes really important and the other is not so important. So in that race, she had an asthma attack and we knew that she had some exercise induced asthma. We were surprised that day because it was a beautiful day. It wasn't humid, it wasn't hot, or it wasn't cool and crisp like you would often get asthma effects. It was like just a normal day, sunny, you know, 20 degrees Celsius, 70 Fahrenheit or whatever. But we didn't know, since it was fairly breezy, there was pollen, a lot of pollen in the air. So I guess that affected her. Anyway, as her coach, I could see that she was slowing down in the race and losing positions. And then um, uh, about the fifth lap, she pointed to her throat. And then that's the signal, like, I can't breathe, right? (laughs) So it was a long drive home for us. We drove down to Philadelphia for that one race, and we were so pumped up. And, you know, as her father, my job then, was just to console her, just to, you know, try to take her mind off the race, tell silly jokes, do some other things, play word games, whatever. Just, it's a long ride. And at that point, you got to just hug them and listen to them and, and not worry too much about that particular race, but just be their father and support them. And that's great that you brought that up. It's, it's one of those times that we're so used to kind of just going to something that we feel is just a great memory, a success, uh, something like that. And, and what you remember is the time that you had to kind of put both hats on at the same time. And then on the way home, you had to put dad hat on. You have to, you know, we can talk the technical stuff later, but, yeah. you know, we, you know, I have to, this is my child, this is my daughter. And, and I think kind of moving from that or kind of staying, just staying on that same path for anyone kind of, starting that journey right now of coaching a child doesn't necessarily have to be in running or doesn't necessarily have to be a daughter but what things did you learn what kind of pieces of information can you advise people or at least kind of nuggets can you give when you're starting the journey of coaching your child like what are some things things maybe you should have known or wanted to know that people can kind of take from you yeah, there's a lot of little nuggets, and I do. T- I actually talk a lot about in the book, lots of examples. You know, for example, there's something called the parent trap, where you become trapped in your child's success. Like it sort of defines you as a parent now. And other parents may say things, and if they say good things about your daughter or son, you feel good. But you're trapped in that feedback, and you, you become almost too. Their performance becomes too important to your identity. And that I think is really important not to get trapped too much by that. Um, there's some other things in there, like, you know, I've been there before trap where, you know, like, you know, you used to be a runner and now you're, they're running, you're indirectly running again through your child and you don't want to do that either. It's their career, it's their running. Yes, you could celebrate their success, but that's not your success anymore. Mine was a little different because I started running with her. So I, uh, I can't say I was exactly in that trap. I was actually, I had my own running going on in parallel with hers, which sort of saved me from that. I could actually relate to my own running, but it was still easy to get wrapped up in her success all the time. And so, you know, those little tidbits, just trying to be fair. For example, I coached her also a bit in hockey and uh, normally I wasn't the coach, but I substituted in one night for as coach and, uh, her regular coach would play her a lot more shifts because she had she was she never got tired, right? And she's a pretty good player, so she'd be out there double shifting or you know doing a lot more shifts. When I coached her that night, I put her on once every three shifts, just like everybody else, right to the end of the game. And <laughs> boy, was she mad! <laughs> so, but I explained to her later. I don't want to look like I'm favoring you, right? So, 
there's always that. There's always that when you're coaching. <laughs> there, I, I know that. I know that feeling. And you mentioned it. And I think this is a great time to talk about. It. You mentioned it that her running journey started when your running journey started. Of course, you're an adult. You're older, and you decide that you know she wants to do this. I want to be involved with this. Kind of talk about you know what beginning that journey was like how your body reacted, how quickly did you get acclimated to the actual running, how hard it was? Did you run in the wrong pair of shoes to begin with? Like, what was it like to start running at that point in your life? Right. Well, I had done a little bit of running when I was in high school, so I wasn't completely green, but then I got injured and stopped. So, but coming back into it with Stephanie uh, motivating me, it was fantastic. Actually, Probably the best time was when we we were able to run a race together. And that only happened a f- couple times. Like it was a 5K race where we were about the same level. With That's when she was 14 and I was 45. Right at that one time period, we intercepted as almost the same pace runner. And so uh, that was fun, actually encouraging each other during a race. The same, how many activities can you participate with your daughter or son in the same competition that I can't think of many running is one of those things where you could actually do it. You don't have to be side by side with them. Like I'm talking about right now, but uh, I remember there was a race a year after that where I got injured and I got a little lazy and I was sort of out of shape. I tried jumping in with her. That was a big mistake. I, after about two and a half kilometers, I said, you go. I don't know if she wear me. I threw my heavy breathing. You go. And uh, off she went and, you know, she finished probably a minute or two in front of me, <laughs> but uh so I, I don't know if that answers the question, but it definitely does. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think there is this, there's kind of this kind of skewed reality where as parents of athletes or once it gets to a point that our son or daughter is either faster, quicker, better than us, then something bad has happened. But that's exactly what we want. That's literally what we want. Like, and, and for you to know at that moment, like you're neck and neck and in your head, like, she has so much more, like she's going to go so much for, this isn't the end. Like she didn't just catch daddy. She's going to surpass daddy. And that's to me that I can't wait for, I mean, I can't, I don't want my kids to grow up because they're cute and cuddly and and I get to tell them what to do, but still, but there's going to be a point where I want them both to be better than me. I want them to get to a point where I'm learning from them. And that day you talked about, that day where you see her running just that minute faster than you. You see her get out and go, and, and you're finally seeing her in front of you. What was that feeling like for you as a father? Well, it taught me a lesson that the race never lies. So I knew, I, I, I found out I was out of shape, and I'd gotten lazy and injured and all that. It really taught me that. But it also, I thought, you know, even if I hadn't been injured and a little bit out of shape and maybe a few pounds overweight, I'm wondering if I could have kept up with that young lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and now it's like when she started running, her runs were like total jogs to me. Right. You know, and she's huffing and puffing. And I was very easy for me. Now, if I were to run with her, I'd be going at, I'd be pushing to try to do a four thirty to five minute kilometer pace. And for her, that is really slow. Like she races at a 3.30 pace or 3.40, and for her, 4.15 is cruising, right? So I don't even know if I want to be a ball and chain for her now in a training, but 
but you know, you don't have to train with them, right? You can still cheer them on. And I don't coach her anymore because she's got her university coaches. She's worked running for the university of Western Ontario cross country and track and field. And, um, she's quite independent now, but I can still cheer her on and she still cheers me on. She gave me a call yesterday and she found out about all my triathlon results and stuff like that. So. Well, good. That's great. Do you think she has coaching in her future? That's a great question. I think she likes uh, relating to other runners. She's been the captain of a couple of cross-country teams, and uh, she definitely wants to stay in touch with the sport one way or the other. So we'll see what happens on that front. Yeah. It seems like, you know, from what you're saying, I, if she even kept, you know, 10% of what you, you've taught her, she would be a great coach. So I think, you know, it's really a good dynamic of what I'm hearing between you and your daughter. And throughout this, her mother, your wife, what is she doing? Is she involved in the running? Does she kind of stay out of it and say, that's your thing? Is she a runner? What, what does she do in all this? She's a great cheerleader, um, very supportive. Sometimes got a little uh, bored by our endless running chatter between us, you know, but that's fine. Because, but my wife did, when she was younger, do a couple of triathlons, but she had a uh, arthritis in her hips, so she had to get her hips um, resurfaced, which... Makes it Ouch. harder to run. Yeah, so she can't really run like we mm. do, but she can swim and bike and hike and stuff like that. So, but she's very supportive. Well, that is that's great to hear. So, Mark, before we let you go, I kind of want you to plug. How do people get in contact with you? How do they find the book? I kind of mentioned those on Amazon, but and how do people you know see what you're doing and get in contact with you? Sure. Well, I don't really have a website or anything. I do have a Cora account where I answer a lot of questions on aging and exercise. So if they look my name up on Cora, Mark Ryle, I guess you might provide a link with my name. I can definitely do that. And since you said that, what's the, the question you get asked the most about running and aging? Well, why do you still do that? Aren't you a little old for that? <laughs> no, no. I'm just beginning. I'm just starting. I love that so, answer. I love that um, answer. Yes. The other thing for your listeners is the book itself, uh, I'll, I'll send you a link. That link will have sort of, it's called the Universal Book Link, which provides a, sort of a gateway to all the retailers. Amazon would be one of them. And then but if people use Apple or other retailers, they can pick their favorite retailer. And uh, the book is called Run Daughter, Run Father. And yeah, I think people will enjoy the, uh, the funny stories, the anecdotes and there's some science in there, some exercise science and some good running tips for, especially for youth and older uh, age group, but people who want to be competitive in those domains, there's, they'll find it useful. That's great. And so the last question I'll ask you is I'm sure you probably get it all the time. Like if someone is listening right now and they feel they're out of shape, they, they might be in their thirties, forties, fifties, maybe they've never really run before, but Something inside them tells them, I just want to try it. I just want to get out, get a good pair of shoes, just me in the road, and try to figure this thing out called running. Like, what advice would you give to that person? Sure. I can't remember who said it, but every long journey begins with one step, right? So it could be a long, wonderful journey. You've got to take those first steps and uh, just do it. Just give it a shot. And, uh, I don't think there'll be any turning back. And you can meet people, you can learn from others, other runners. You can learn about it, read about it. And uh, it's a fantastic aerobic activity. You can combine it with other aerobic activities too. It's great for your heart and fantastic for your mind too, which we haven't even talked about. But uh, you know, I could write about some of that through the 
meditation, the health, the mental health, including the help with things like depression or anxiety. It's a fantastic activity. So uh, I, I, I just say take those first steps. I don't think you'll regret it at all. That is great advice. Thank you so much, Mark, for being a part of the show. Like I said, we will post links for everything that Mark's doing, especially to the book. And um, go out and get it. Go out and support him and read the good stories about the father coaching his daughter and running together. So again, Mark Ryall, that's R-Y-A-L-L. And as always, this show is brought to you by 6am Run, 6amrun.com. Go head over to the website for some of the best running nutrition supplements and apparel and sign up on the website and get up to 20% off of your order. Mark, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Good luck to you. Good luck to your daughter. And we look forward to purchasing this book and reading it. Thanks, Mark. That was a great discussion. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks to the listeners too. Bye-bye.